Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. How many planets are there in our solar system? That is, how many planetary neighbors are there orbiting our star, the Sun? Now that, thanks to missions like Kepler, we have more than 1,600 confirmed exoplanets, planets outside of our solar system, and over twice as many candidate exoplanets, you would think we would know, without a doubt, how many planets are much closer to home in our own solar system. The debate rages on, however, and the flame was rekindled last month when astronomers once again claimed to have found evidence of a mysterious planet X. To understand this latest discovery, let's first dive into a bit of the history of searches for a mysterious distant planet lurking beyond Neptune in the outskirts of our solar system. In the mid-1800s, our solar system was home to seven known planets, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and Uranus. Around that time, however, astronomers had noted unexplained wobbles in the orbit of Uranus that kept it from following a perfectly straightforward orbit. To explain these wobbles, the French mathematician Yerban Leverrier and the British mathematician John Adams predicted that a large planet must exist beyond Uranus, and that the gravitational tug from this planet was causing Uranus's orbit to stray. In 1846, the astronomer Johann Gall discovered Neptune. The mass of the newly discovered Neptune, however, could not explain all of the discrepancies in the orbit of Uranus, and so in 1906, the American tycoon and astronomer Percival Lowell began a search for a planet he thought must exist beyond Neptune. Then, sure enough, in 1930, Clyde Tombaugh discovered Pluto. For almost 50 years, Pluto was thought to have solved the mystery of the Uranian wobbles. However, as astronomers learned more about the icy world, it was finally determined in 1978 that Pluto was too small to inspire the necessary gravitational tug. The search for the mystery planet was back on until 1992 when more detailed observations from the Voyager 2 probe revealed that astronomers had been overestimating Neptune's mass. Adjusting the mass eliminated the remaining orbital wobbles. Although it was no longer needed to explain any orbital discrepancies, Pluto still reigned as the ninth and most distant planet in our solar system for a total of more than 75 years until 2006. In August of that year, astronomers from the International Astronomical Union voted to demote Pluto to dwarf planet status. As more and more of our solar system was explored, astronomers and planetary scientists discovered a wealth of objects beyond the orbit of Neptune in a band called the Kuiper Belt. These so-called Kuiper Belt objects, or KBOs, vary in size from small chunks of ice to several kilometers across. The recent New Horizons probe is the first mission to get an up-close look at the Kuiper Belt. 
With more studies of the Kuiper Belt, the reality became clear. If Pluto were discovered today, it would not be considered a planet. Pluto is likely a KBO. It is probably the most massive KBO, but a KBO nonetheless. Thus, Pluto is now dubbed a dwarf planet instead. A dwarf planet shares many of the properties of a bona fide planet. It directly orbits the sun, and it's massive enough for its shape to be in equilibrium under its own gravity. But it lacks the size necessary to clear any debris from the neighborhood within its orbital path. Before Pluto was demoted, the debate over an additional planet in our solar system was reignited in 1986, this time not by astronomers, but by paleontologists. David Ropp and Jack Sepkoski of the University of Chicago claimed that their investigations of the fossil record determined that mass extinctions happened cyclically. They blamed some kind of extraterrestrial source. Soon after, two teams of astronomers, including Whitmire, Jackson, Davis, Hutt, and Richard Muller, both independently came up with a possible solution. They hypothesized that the sun was not a solo star, but was actually in a binary system with a brown dwarf, with a highly elliptical orbit. Brown dwarfs fall somewhere between a planet and a star. With masses on the order of 10 to 80 times that of Jupiter, our most massive planet, they cannot sustain the nuclear reactions required for stardom. They are stars that fail to shine. The prediction was that this brown dwarf would get close to Earth approximately every 26 million years due to its very large elliptical orbit. On its way in, the dwarf would perturb comets in the Oort cloud, a cloud of comets and other icy bodies predicted to surround the Sun and our entire solar system at a distance of more than 1,000 times farther than the Kuiper Belt. This disturbance in the Oort cloud would then cause these comets to rain down on Earth, wreaking havoc. And this failed star was thus dubbed Nemesis. Only recently, circa 2010, newer analyses of the fossil record have suggested that mass extinctions are not as periodic as we once thought, and the Nemesis hypothesis has mostly been put to rest. In 1999, three astronomers, Maltese Whitman and Whitmire of the University of Louisiana, once again resurrected the debate over a planet X by predicting that a so far undetected Jupiter-sized gas giant planet was orbiting the Sun in the Oort cloud. Their prediction was based on irregularities they observed in the orbits of comets that they decided could be explained by the gravitational pull of this mystery planet. So as not to be confused with the deadlier nemesis, the predicted planet was called Tyche, the Greek goddess of prosperity, and the good sister of nemesis. Although such a planet could conceivably be faint enough to have gone undetected in optical searches, its emission in the infrared should be well above the sensitivity limits of the WISE mission, NASA's latest infrared space probe. WISE has failed to detect such a planet, making its existence highly unlikely. Over the past few years, the debate over a planet X has been revived once again, this time by scientists studying the orbits of KBOs. In 2003, planetary scientists Brown, Trujillo, and Rabinovitz found Sedna, a minor planet that is the most distant object in our solar system, and thus named after the Inuit goddess of the sea thought to live in the depths of the Arctic Ocean. Since then, a few more objects with odd elliptical and distant orbits have been discovered in the outer solar system, including VP113, announced in 2014 by planetary scientists Scott Shepard and Chad Trujillo. Shepard and Trujillo noticed that at its closest approach to the Sun, VP113, 
along with Sedna and four other distant minor objects, all passed very close to the ecliptic, the term for the two-dimensional plane in which the other planets orbit. Then, in January 2016, astronomers Konstantin Batagin and Mike Brown announced a finding that took the orbital calculations a step further. Not only did all six objects pass near the ecliptic, but they made this passage at the same spot. Statistics dictate that there should only be a 0.007% chance that such an unusual clustering would happen randomly, without something massive to hold them there. The math further suggests that the hypothetical planet, so far dubbed Planet 9, would be roughly 10 times the mass of the Earth and would orbit the Sun every 15,000 years. Batagen and Brown suggest the planet was knocked out of its original, closer orbit during the formation of our solar system. Will this latest hypothesis finally turn up a mystery planet? Only time and more research will tell. If you ask discoverer Mike Brown, however, he is quoted as saying, Why is this different? This is different because this time we're right. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.